So the inescapable and incontrovertible conclusion from reading Psalm 146 and weighing it against the full counsel of Scripture is that Jesus is the Lord. All capitals, God, Yahweh, the one true eternal being. And we're kind of at the end of the book of Psalms and we're also at the end of uh, this summer sermon series that we've looked at, uh, Psalms, Hymns and Spiritual Songs. And Psalm 146 uh, is as different to Psalm 91 as it is to 121 and 8 and 1 and 23 and all the stuff that we've looked at this summer. Uh, it's a really rich and varied collection of prayers and praises. Uh, Psalm 146 begins and ends with, it's kind of, it starts and finishes with a, a praise and then sandwiched in, right in the middle of Psalm 146 is a commitment that will help us a lot as we all move through this very odd, uh, very strange season uh, of life. And what's been really, really encouraging the past for me for the past few weeks and months is that now we've kind of accepted that this is how life is going to be for a while. It's a, you know, much more of a marathon than a sprint. More and more people are starting to make good and wise and really godly decisions about how they're going to live uh, in this time. I think when it all started in 2020, lots of people just kind of put everything on pause and waited for it to snap back to how things were. And I think we've realized now into 2021 that it's not just going to snap back. So stuff that people have avoided or ignored or just kind of let slide with their Christian lives in 2020 are now back in focus and people seem to be taking a bit of a reboot. And right in the middle of Psalm 146 is this commitment for us to make that will really help uh, as we move through this very odd season. So Psalm 146, then there's a commitment that's going to help us. And again, it's just, it's so great that something written so long ago is still so uh, very, very relevant to our lives. Uh, so if you've got a Bible there, Psalm 146 begins, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. We've said this so many times the last maybe year or 18 months that whatever is going on in our lives, whatever's happening uh, to us or for us or around us, it's always the right thing to do. Uh, to praise the Lord, to cheer, to make known the name of the Lord, the one true God uh, that we read of in Scripture. And the psalmist here says, praise the Lord, O my soul. And the idea that is that it's, it's everything that we've got. It's not just, just singing songs with mouths, but it's worshipping with all that we do and all that we are. It's a, it's a really whole life response is the idea. Uh, being put across and opening a psalm with a praise opening your day uh, with a praise is always a really good idea I think I've said this before if you've been at church for more than like a couple of weeks uh, I had a professor at seminary who would urge or re well, really tell uh, all of his students that he, he wanted them to pray as soon as they woke up so kind of open your eyes to the day and then close them in prayer. And he said, it's a really great way to start your day praying. Praise God, you know, you are good. Help me to live today 
the way that you want me to live, to be righteous as you are righteous and holy as you are holy and to love others as you do. Praise God because you're good. And so he was really keen that as a student in his class that he committed to doing that. And it's just a small habit, but small habits done consistently over time make a really big difference uh, to our lives. So there's this opening praise and it's kind of mirrored at the end. And in the middle there's this, really practical commitment that we can make, that we choose to do. Because ours is a faith that, that shows itself in what we choose to do. I think Scripture is very clear. There's some stuff that's expected of us, but we need to choose uh, to do it. So again, Psalm 146, it's this commitment. And if you're a note taker, you can write in the, the margins of your Bible, Psalm 146 is making a commitment to trust in the right things, which at this point in our lives, this very, very odd season is so important because stuff changes week by week, sometimes day by day. So we're going to read through it. We're going to walk through it together. We're going to see this commitment to trust in the right things. And in verse 3, we see what not to do. It says, do not trust in princes or in human beings who cannot deliver us. It's kind of similar. We've done this a couple of times with the Psalms. There's a big statement at at the top, and then it's kind of unpacked. So the big statement is, don't trust in princes. Don't trust in other humans who cannot deliver. And the Psalmist is talking about those in earthly leadership offices. Scripture is really clear that we should respect those in leadership and honor them but we've said again a few times over the summer that we don't look to them for for deliverance for for you know big picture salvation victory and and, and life so we respect and honor those the princes the leaders that the psalmist is talking about but just like you and just like me they're fallen and fallible people Uh, And literally, word for word, what the psalmist is saying is that the leaders in your life, they don't have salvation for you, is literally what he said. So there's this big statement, don't trust in princes, don't look to the earthly leaders in your life for the big picture stability and deliverance that everybody's looking for. And then it's unpacked, it's explained a bit in verse 4, it says, their life's breath departs, they return to the ground, and on that day their plans die. So really, really simply, no matter how high the office, who they are, they're going the same way as you uh, and as me. Again, we read about ashes turning to ashes and dust to dust, and they return to the ground. Even the most brilliant plans of, of, of men and women, they perish as we read, and even the most brilliant men and women die. So there's this big idea, don't trust in the people around you, the leaders in your life, for the big picture, surety and security that we're all looking for. And then there's a really sharp turn between verses 4 and 5. And if you just, if you just think without the rest of this psalm, if it stopped at verse number 4, it would be so negative, wouldn't it? You know, there would be no good news to follow this terrible news that you can't really trust and look to the leaders in your life to save you, to to give your life the stability that it wants. Don't trust in people because like you, uh, they're all going to die. And if if we finish there, it'd be really, really heavy. It'd be really, really negative. But ours is a faith and God is a God of good news, isn't he? And 
Again, we read in Scripture that the light shines brightest in the darkness. So there's this bad news that, look, the leaders in your life, they're going to let you down. They're just people like you. And then in verses 5, 6, and 7, we read, How blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who remains forever faithful, vindicates the oppressed, and gives food to the hungry. So this idea of where we're looking for surety and security, where we're going to put our trust, where we anchor ourselves when things are changing, like we said, day to day, week to week, it shouldn't be the people around us, even though that's probably quite a natural place uh, for us to look. As we read, it should be the Lord who made heaven and earth. And if you just, if you compare and contrast one with the other, the earthly leaders in your life and the Lord Just look what he is able to do in verses 6 and 7. He made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them. He remains forever faithful. He vindicates the oppressed. And he gives food to the hungry. Just think, how many people in your life do you know that can do all of those things? Not maybe one or two of those things, but all of those things consistently and perfectly do those things and selflessly do those things with no hope of return the lord does those things is the the power is the will the love the motivation to do those things and i love what the psalmist says when he says he remains forever faithful we've talked about this throughout the psalms there's so many sides to this word faithful is god is forever faithful is ever reliable trustworthy he's ever true he's always corresponding to reality his word means so many things and they're all uh just great and then almost to back up verses five six and seven seven eight and nine just again explain to us just how worthy god is of your dedication your trust and your commitment how worthy he is to be the object of the and the and the focus of the trust in your life in a world again that as we've said is is changing changing all the time it's very very uncertain and we get this list of things that the lord does it's almost like a resume or a cv like this person is so worthy of your trust look at everything they do they release the imprisoned the lord gives sight to the blind the lord lifts up all who are bent over who are discouraged and and feeling down. The Lord loves the godly. Uh, He's talking about the righteous, the upright, the just, those people who have had their sins forgiven. The Lord protects the resident foreigner, uh, strangers in a foreign land. How applicable is that to uh, all of us, people who are away from home, forgotten by those at home sometimes, uh, not really part of the land that they live in, but resident foreigner strangers in a foreign land he helps he lifts up the fatherless and the widow and he opposes the wicked and in these verses god the lord is pictured as a just and kind and loving ruler because in this place and at this time when psalm 146 was written the king the big the big ruler the main guy for in the nation, in the country, was responsible for promoting justice, including 
uh, caring for the weakest people in his community. And that would be resident foreigners, those who don't really belong to the group, the fatherless, the widows, and the king, the leader would be responsible for caring for those people. So there's the futility of trusting in people. Then there's the contrast. We should trust in the Lord instead. Then there's all these verses about why we should do that. And then it's almost like the psalmist thinks about these things and he returns to the praise of verses 1 and 2. And we read, The Lord rules forever. Your God, O Zion, throughout the generations to come. Praise the Lord. So Psalm 146 begins and ends with the same hallelujah. Praise God. So that's what it's saying. That's what the psalmist has said. But what is it doing for us living uh, today and now? Bigger picture, it's, it's confronting us with this question and the truth of what are we trusting in? Where are we looking for, for deliverance, for, for a surety and a security? What are we anchoring our lives to uh, in a world that is ever, ever changing? And if you, just, if you just think about your day-to-day life for the last 18 months, we were talking, everybody wants to think about their life in 2019, and in four months, it's 2022. And we're all hoping we can go back, but in actually four months, it's 2022 already. But if you think about your life day-to-day for the last 18 months, the things that we do, the places that we go, the people that we see, it's all changed the last 18 months, hasn't it? And the things that we looked to, to give us this feeling that our life is on the right track, we're doing the right stuff, has all changed. Think about going to work. Think about your work life. Maybe you're in a different country 18 months ago. You, now, you no longer go into the office anymore. You just talk to people digitally. Your working life, where you spend most of your day, is no longer that strong tower of stability, especially, especially men would use to define themselves what do you do what do you do here you meet somebody new in Bahrain first question you ask is what do you what do you what are you doing here how are you here we had breakfast this week I probably asked you the first thing nice to meet you what are you doing here how are you here and men do that in particular but work life now is no longer that strong tower of stability that it was think about school for your kids there's no longer the debt well maybe coming soon the last 18 months has, it's not been that consistent unchanging daily thing where you drop them off, you pick them up, and they go and they do all their stuff in person anymore. It's changed. You think about Friday morning, we were just saying this is the biggest part of, the biggest group of church that we've had together in 18 months because in 2020, it was six. And there were groups of six all over the country. And now there's 30s. So even Friday morning, how we've gathered has not been the stability and the surety that we want it to be and that we need it to be and you think about all those things you work and your, your kids school your Friday mornings all those things are dependent on somebody leading and making a decision and a choice and those people I don't mind saying this because I'm one of them those people are going to let you down they're going to make decisions that you don't like that you would have done differently uh, yeah we don't trust in earthly leaders bigger picture but the things we did trust 2019 the things we built our daily lives and our weekly rhythms around have been shown to be not as reliable as we, as we thought. People we looked to, to put things right in our lives, either 
aren't doing it or they can't do it. And it, we read, don't we? Do not trust in princes or in human beings who cannot deliver. Their life's breath departs. They return to the ground. On that day, their plans die. So that question stands then. The last 18 months and however long this season's going to last, who or what are we trusting in? We should be anchoring ourselves and our lives to something that never changes. We need to be looking to someone that understands our lives day by day, has experienced the struggles, the kind of struggles that we're all working through, and somebody who can guide us through it. And that person is, is detailed in verses 7, 8, and 9. Look at the list again with me. The one we should be looking to, the person that we should be trusting and committing to day by day, is one who releases the imprisoned, gives sight to the blind, encourages the discouraged, loves the godly, protects the resident foreigner, lifts up the fatherless and the widow, but opposes the wicked. Now just take a moment and think, how many people do you know that do all of those things? Reading through this this week, thinking and praying through this this week, I can only think of one person in the history of the world who consistently and persistently does those things. For me, I can only think of one person that releases the imprisoned, gives sight to the blind, encourages the discouraged, loves the godly, protects the resident foreigner, lifts up the fatherless and the widow, but opposes the wicked. Psalm 146 is urging us to put trust in, to anchor ourselves to Jesus. Because he releases the imprisoned, those people who are caught up in this destructive web that's woven for us by the world and the flesh and the devil. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind and still does today, literally and figuratively. He raises and he encourages those who are bowed down in need of encouragement. He loves the righteous with a passion and a fervency and a consistency that is beyond us in our current state. Jesus protects and watches over the strangers, the resident foreigners, people who are feeling lost or alone or forgotten. Jesus blesses, loves the fatherless, the widow, the marginalized, the ostracized, the outsiders, the sinners that people have written off. And he gives them a place to belong to, an opportunity to repent of things done and to move into newness of life. Jesus turned the way of the wicked upside down, consistently spoke out against empty, vain religion, just turning up to be there because you probably think you should. He consistently spoke out against works-based religion. You're trying to prove how good you are. That puts a, it puts a tremendous burden on people who are caught up with that kind of thinking. And he consistently spoke out against people with surface level, lip service style commitments. Jesus, very, very, very simply, sets free from bondage those who come to him and trust in him as Lord and Savior. He said, he said as much himself uh, in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus reading from a scroll, reading scripture. He's reading the prophet Isaiah's words and he reads these words in his synagogue and he's gathering a people. And then he says, these words are about me. 
He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, the regaining of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus read those words. Jesus read that scripture and he said, this is me. This is who I am and this is what I've come to do. And if you look at Psalm 146, the psalmist tells us that the Lord, all capitals, Yahweh, the one true eternal God, does these things in verses 7, 8, and 9. Now we've just read that Jesus did and Jesus does those things. So the inescapable and incontrovertible conclusion from reading Psalm 146 and weighing it against the full counsel of Scripture is that Jesus is the Lord, all capitals, God, Yahweh, the one true eternal being. So Psalm 146 is urging us to make a commitment to something that lasts, and it says it's the Lord, it's God. But Psalm 146 is telling us to anchor ourselves, to trust in, to commit to the one person that does all of that stuff in the Lord, in Yahweh, in, in Jesus. So if you're taking notes, and earlier you wrote Psalm 146, we're making a commitment to do the right things, to trust the right things. You can now add to that that Psalm 146 is urging us to make the commitment to trust in Jesus. Not in the people in our lives, in really important leadership roles, whoever they are, whatever they're doing. We're making the commitment to trust in Jesus. So with the world around us changing, like we said, week by week, day by day. Texts like, and this one in particular, Psalm 146. What's going to help us move through this season of life really, really well? It's the one person. It's the Lord who does these things. It's, it's, it's God. And as we've just said, it's Jesus. So we're going to spend uh, a moment in prayer. And uh, as we do when we're gathered, we're going to have a, a moment of, of personal prayer. Uh, and in these moments of personal prayer, we're going to make that commitment to trust in, uh, in Jesus as we move through this very odd and very strange and ever-changing season. If you've already done that, if you're sure you're doing that, we're going to make it again. We're going to reaffirm. We're going to confirm that, we, that, that that's me. I am trusting. Help me to trust even more. If, like we said, it's, a, it's been a surface-level lip service kind of thing, We've just got to look at texts like Psalm 146 that urge us to trust uh, in Jesus, in the Lord, in Yahweh himself. So we're going to have a moment or so of personal prayer, uh, and then I'll close us together. So if you can, I'd love you to stand and join us in prayer.